Wonderful morning. I have a little tent here. But that's okay. That's all right. Uh, let me uh, let me read to you uh, the message this morning. This week we're trying to see passages in the book of John that have been spoken of have been written about in the Old Testament and prophesied by men of God. In other words, when someone in the Old Testament says something that God gave them to say and is related to the today, it's, it's a, a prophecy toward the future, then you have to go to the future to see if what happened is actually the fulfillment of what's been said. Somebody say it in the name of God, inspired by the Holy Spirit, and it happens. So I'm trying to make that connection so you understand that whatever comes out of your mouth is very powerful. That you are a person that can speak into people's lives. And so, Nicodemus, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who come from God. For no one can do these miracles that you do except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And so, this, this dialogue between Jesus and Nicodemus happens in a different way in the book of John. Uh, when Jesus meets uh, in John 4, the woman at the well. So there are two large block of scriptures that refers to Jesus talking to someone a long time. And that's the conversation is introducing the kingdom of God. And so, so the idea of Nicodemus was, what is this thing about being born again? Because Nicodemus said unto him, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time in his mother's womb and be born? He's just analyzing this. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of the water and the Spirit, 
he can enter the kingdom of God. So Jesus introduces two concepts. So I'll say that this dialogue between Jesus and Nicodemus is about regeneration. The process of being changed inside. It begins with water baptism. And so here are some questions. Uh, what is regeneration? Is the prophetic element in this in exchange between Jesus and Nicodemus? So, what is it? Is there a prophetic here as Jesus begins to talk about water and spirit? So he introduces, Jesus introduced the concept when he said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they be born again. The, the word again means to be born from above. The Greek for again is from above. Can someone be born from above? You know, uh, Paul in, 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 uh, in, uh, in, in one of his letters say, Salvation is not of ourselves, it's a gift of God. And so, born from above. So, what is baptism then? Define baptism. In order to understand be born again, let's take a look and see the prophetic in it. Baptism is the outward work upon the body. Outward, the outside work. Baptism with water is man's confirmation of faith. In other words, there's no miraculous power in the water. But since Jesus instituted that in the life of John the Baptist, Jesus came to the, to the water. And, and, of course, John baptized him, uh, 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 the baptism of repentance, which was not necessary. There was no sin in the Lord. And then he came out of the water, and the dove came from heaven and a line on him. And he was baptized with the Holy Spirit. So, the idea here is this. Baptism is an outward. Now, regeneration here is an inward work of God on the soul. So, baptism is an outward. And, and, and of course, regeneration is inward. Be born again has to be inward. Now, what does the Holy Spirit have to do with inward movement? such as the dove coming upon Jesus. Well, it came upon Jesus because it, it disappeared as it came into his body. And, and that indicates that the work of the, the Holy Spirit is regenerating, recreating. Oh, there's, a, there's an interesting scripture in First Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, that exp explains this. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. That's Paul, Paul's concept and understanding of regeneration, meaning if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. In other words, you're not totally without sin. You're not just as clean as can be and forever never sin again. No, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, is that when the grace of God and the love of the cross of Calvary comes into your life, you begin to look at sin from a different point of view. You are a new creation. God now is working in you instead of not working. Does that make sense? Uh, 
Look at uh, look at uh, Nicodemus, Rabbi. We know that thou art a teacher come from God. Well, we know, we know, we we know. What do you mean, we we we? It's not really referring to the Sanhedrin, uh, but speaking a general term of what people believe. We know that that it's impossible for you to do some healings like you did and not come from God. That it can't be from the devil. But the same way, the same thing, he, he spoke to Moses. He said, certainly, I will be with you, and this shall be a token upon thee that I have sent thee when thou hast brought forth the people of Egypt. Ye shall serve God upon this mountain. Meaning, is this affirmation of God speaking to Moses in the desert. Speaking into him. In the same way, Nicodemus uh, God was speaking to him, but he quite uh, he saw Jesus as a as a teacher. So there's a difference. You see, the difference between Moses and Nicodemus is that Moses believed. Nicodemus is arguing and not able to understand. It's not clear, and, and so regeneration in Moses is much faster than in Nicodemus. Would you say? Would you agree? That's pretty good. Yeah. Okay. So let's look at uh, let's take a look at Jeremiah. Uh, 119. I don't know if anybody has that. Go ahead. Jeremiah 119. And they shall fight against you, but they shall not prevail against you. For I am with you, says the Lord, to deliver you. Something like that couldn't be said to Nicodemus because you see the regeneration power of new creation, it wasn't happening. And Jesus introduced that to Nicodemus by saying, you've got to be born from above. Nicodemus, I know you are a Pharisee and you are very well known and a very scholarly man, but I have nothing to tell you. You've got to be born from above. If you don't be born from above, you're not getting anywhere. Jeremiah 1 5. 1 5. Before I formed you in the belly, I knew you, and before you came forth out of the womb, I sanctified you. And I ordained you a prophet unto the nations. Moses, Moses encountered God in the in the uh, in the burning bush, but the interaction with Nicodemus and Jesus there's no burning bush. There's nothing burning. It's a mind questioning and rationale in moving. For instance, how can someone go into his mother's womb and be born again? And Jesus says, by the water and the Spirit. Meaning, meaning, you baptize into the kingdom. And then the Spirit, Holy Spirit takes over and regenerates. You are new creation. That's what Jesus is trying to say to him. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it whistles, and you hear sound of it, and cannot tell where it comes, where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit, like the wind. You don't know. You don't understand. It's in the air. It's, it's high Wi-Fi. It, it, you have to have, be open, be in the right place and receive it. That whosoever shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So let's, let's take a look. The heart of Nicodemus, on verse, uh, verse 12 of this 
I, I, if I have told you earthly things and you believe not. So up to now, he's just trying to compare water and compare the Spirit and compare one with the other, trying to explain to him you've got to be born from above. And, uh, and you don't, if I tell you earthly things, you don't understand, you don't believe it. So how can I tell you about heavenly things? Now, the question here is this. Is there in these scriptures any reference to something that's been said in the Old Testament that is repeating itself in the New Testament? And the concept is right there. Oh, there's a lot of it. Let's take a look at Isaiah 60, 61, 1. Uh, Isaiah 61.1 right. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted yes. to proclaim liberty to the captive yes. and the opening of the prison to them who are bound. Yes. Yes. So the question here is that uh, Isaiah 61 speaks about the purpose. Can you go in detail, John? Verse by verse. Read 61.1 one more time, but slowly. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Okay. So you're not talking about water being upon Him, but the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is upon Jesus. And the purpose of the Holy Spirit is... Because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He said to Nicodemus... For God so loved the world that He sent His only begotten Son. For whosoever believeth in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. See, He is preaching. Amen. It's been prophesied in Isaiah 61. Now, read the verse again from the beginning. Okay. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Now, who is me? Jesus. Jesus. So, so this is Isaiah prophesying. Now, when Jesus came in Nazareth, at the synagogue. He got up and read that. And he said, this hearing, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Meaning that those who were in the synagogue realized that the Son of God was saying, because I said it, it's done. So suddenly, Jesus is talking to Nicodemus in the same way. You understand? Yeah. He's referring to it. Uh, he's responding to it. Well, let's, let's look at... Uh, Let's look at Numbers, chapter 21, verse 5, 6, 7, 8, and 9. Okay. All right. <clears throat> and the people spoke against God and against Moses. Wherefore have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no bread, neither is there any water, and our soul loathes this light bread. A manna, manna from heaven. Right. Okay. Um, is it 61? Right, yeah, five, six, seven, eight, and nine. Okay. And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people. And yes. They, and they bit the people. Yes. And much people of Israel died. Uh-huh. Therefore, the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray unto the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said unto Moses, Make a fiery serpent, and set it upon a pole. And it shall come to pass, that everyone who is bitten, when he looks upon it, shall live. 
And Moses made a serpent of brass and put it upon a pole. And it came to pass that if a serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. Okay. So the Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent. What was happening is that in the campus, one million and a half people in the Midian desert were being bitten. And everyone that was bitten by these small little fiery snakes that had light in it, they would come in and pop, bite them, and they were dying. Because they were disobedient to God. So they came back to Moses, and the people spoke against God and against Moses. And, and wherefore have you brought up... A, us to Egypt to suffer this way. And so the Lord sent the, the, the snakes to bite them. Now, I'd probably say, Rick, but uh, what kind of God would do that? Well, uh, let us all understand one thing which happens to a believer. Be negative or positive is either caused by the Lord or allowed by the Lord. Believers belong to the Lord. And so, therefore, the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned. You ask forgiveness. For we have spoken against the Lord. And so God spoke to Moses and said, I want you to make a, a, a fiery serpent made out of brass. Put on a pole in the middle of the camp. Representing sin. And it shall come to pass that everyone who is bitten, when he looks upon it, shall live. Everyone who looks to Christ in the cross shall live. And Moses made a serpent of brass and put it upon a pole. And it came to pass that if the serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent abreast, he lived. Four hundred years earlier, the Lord had shown Abraham salvation. It would be through the death of an innocent victim, named the Son of God. And uh, it's in John 8, 36. It was, it, it was to Moses, however... It is recorded here that the Lord proclaimed the way that the Son of God would die. It would be by the cross, symbolized by the serpent and the pole, meaning through the cross, the death turned into life and gave him life. So when, 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 uh, when, when Jesus speaks this way, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, for whosoever believes in him shall not perish, shall not die. Look upon the cross. And as you look upon the cross, you're going to live. Do you see, do you see the, the, the resemblance, the connection of, in the Old Testament looking to a, a piece of breast and being healed, but in the New Testament looking upon the cross and be, be healed at the same time? Meaning, th this, is, this is the conversation of Jesus to Nicodemus. It's prophetic in many, many ways in the gospel of Jesus Christ. So let's take a look at uh, 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 let's take a look at verse 5 uh, uh, which, which is uh, uh, John chapter 3 verse 5. He says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Marvel that I say to you, you must be born again of the water and the Spirit, referring to spiritual rebirth. Let's go to Isaiah 44, uh, 44, verse 3 to 5. Isaiah 44, verse 3, 4, and 5. 
For I will pour out my water upon him who is thirsty, and floods upon the dry ground. I will pour my spirit (coughs) upon your seed, and my blessing upon your offspring. And they shall spring up as among the grass and willows by the water uh, courses. One shall say, I am the Lord's, and another shall call himself by the name of Jacob. And another shall subscribe with his hands unto the Lord and surname himself by the name of Israel. Yeah, that's, a, that's an Old Testament scriptures. But the content of this, of this scripture is directly connected to John chapter 3 uh, verse 5. Except a man be born of the water and of the spirit. So what is that uh, uh, is being said here in in uh, in Isaiah? Amen. I'm sorry. What, what is being said uh, here in Numbers chapter 21, verse five, six, seven, eight, and nine? I will pour water on him who is thirsty, and floods on the dry ground. I will pour then my spirit on your descendants. Notice water and spirit. Verse five. Born of the water in spirit. So what is what is Isaiah? What is Numbers chapter twenty one, verse five, six, seven, eight, and nine saying? That God heart spoke this to the people of God in those days. I will pour water on him who is thirsty. <coughs> I don't know where. In a night, summer night, in the middle of Alabama somewhere, on a Tuesday night revival, Monday, Sunday through Wednesday, there was a cup of water on the pulpit. I don't know what happened. I guess I just uh, didn't feel like they were listening to me. They were just sitting there just uh, looking me dead. Oh, I tell you, I picked up that water. And turn it, and he poured half of the congregation with water. I took the other cup and poured on there and made an invitation. Everybody came. And they came, and some of them began to cry, and the Lord began. What happened in that event? Well, Jesus, God is saying to to Moses, I will pour water on him who is thirsty. Floods on the ground, dry ground. Now, is, was I doing a prophetic thing? Yeah, I was. I, I didn't know the scripture in Numbers 21. But, uh, excuse me, I just did it. <laughs> and what happened was that the whole place began to come alive. And so, throughout my ministry, the last few years, I'm bathing people all over the place. Not necessarily every night, every service. It's not something that comes in in the flesh. It just happens. It has to be the right place, the right time. And of course, that don't look good to me. It makes me look like someone totally out of order, uh, without any respect of others. But, since I have no reputation anymore, might as well go all the way. (laughs) In other words, I'm not a popsicle for you to lick me. Right? I, I wasn't called to please you and to be nice to you, so you can give me some money. God told me to do it. I did it. And, and of course, of course, uh, 
Numbers 21 confirms, I will pour water upon him who is thirsty. That's the Lord speaking. Floods on the dry ground, I will pour my spirit in your descendants, spirit in water, and I will bless your offspring. Oh, that's what we want, don't you? Don't we? Don't we? They will spring up among the grass like willows by the water courses. Oh, my goodness. I mean, I will pour water in my blessings on your offspring. Now, do you have children? Don't you want them to be blessed? Don't you want them to be anointed of God? Uh, don't you want them to grow strong and be a blessing to the nations? Amen. Now, I'm trying to get Old Testament to be seen in the New Testament. That's what I'm trying to do. Okay, so let's go to Ezekiel 36, 24 to 27. Is that it? Yeah. 36. 36. 24, 25, 26, and 27. For I will take you from among the heathens and gather you out of all countries and bring you unto your own land. Then will I sprinkle down water upon you and you shall be clean. From all your filthiness and from all your idols I will cleanse you. A new heart also I will give you and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. Well, the word then, then I will spring clean water upon you, marks the time of the fulfillment of these prophecies. Israel as a nation will not be won to Christ until... The Antichrist is defeated by the second coming of Jesus. Israel, then, then Israel will accept Christ as Savior. But it will be through sprinkling of the water. So today, I sprinkle water upon you. I sprinkle water upon your body that you will not become a victim of coronavirus. I speak a water upon you that you will not be bitten by a bug that will bring illness and sickness. In the name of Jesus, I speak life into your body. I speak power into your mind. I speak spirit and water upon your spirit. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, I come against the coronavirus, this deadly evil that has come from China to America. And I speak that in the couple, in a month, in 30 days, this thing will begin to die all over the states. And people begin out of the hospitals and go back to basketball games and go back to football games. Don't you mess with the Georgia Bulldog coronavirus. I'm coming against you today. You have no right to come in and mess us up. We have done a lot of work in the name of Jesus that all the meetings will happen again all over the nation. All the worship, all the people of God will come together and I reprimand fear from the devil upon this nation in the name of Jesus. I sprinkle upon you the power of God to be healed and delivered all over this world. Asia, Europe, South America in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah.latterain.com for more teachings. See you next time.
Thanks for tuning in. Visit www.ladderain.com for more teachings. See you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Visit www.ladderain.com for more teachings. See you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Visit www.ladderain.com for more teachings. See you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Visit www.ladderain.com for more teachings. See you next time.